Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or whenever you are listening to this. Welcome to another episode of the Better Than You podcast. This is episode 17. We still rolling. Uh, For any of our regular listeners, you might be used to our brother Alex uh, starting us off, but he had to handle some business, so we trying to hold it down in his absence. He will be fired. That nigga. That's (laughs) nah, nah. It ain't one of the moves. He he will be back. He will be back. He is an integral part of what we do, and we are just going to try to get through this without him. Shout to Alex. Whatever we try to hold it down. So, um, before we get into this, uh, I want to go around the room like Alex would. Yo, Aunt, how you feeling today? Regular old Aunt, man. Yo, Aunt, man. <laughs> we gonna need the you. Fuck? <laughs> we gonna need you to speak up, bro. Yeah, hey, you got. But yo, Brian, how you feeling today, man? Yo, I'm I'm feeling good, man. And I'm just gonna throw this out there, man, because I said this. Um, on a podcast before and then it got cut off and so it was never actually said in a pod but for all them people who don't really like the joe opinion but love the instagram posts and love our podcast and shit like it's joe that chops it up and puts it together it's joe that has us all on the social media and chops up those those um short clips and shit for y'all yep. and now it's joe that's stepping in um for alex and and, and running the show for us so yo do respect you know what i mean Oh, man, thanks, thanks, man. I know I've been slacking on that IG. That's that Better Than You pod. I want to shout out everybody that follows us and comments and sends us DMs, all kinds of stuff. We really appreciate that. And for anybody Joe that... was sick, man, down, and he was crying in, in his room. Ah. Said, all sick and sleeping and all that. It's not yeah. out his nose, and he wasn't fucking with the podcast for mad days. But we back. Yeah, we back, and we going to be back on it. And um, I said, now, man, I guess we should just get into... Like our first topic, um, for everybody who wants you to know, we record usually like Tuesday nights, and this Tuesday happens to be May 21st. Now, for a lot of people, May 21st may not mean that much, but it's a really important day for hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? If you're a hip-hop head, especially if you came up like in the 90s hip-hop, it's a very important day. Now, way back in the 90s and shit, seemed like forever, there was a rap battle between LL Cool J and Cannabis. And in Cannabis' mm-hmm. disc record, um, classic disc record, second round knockout, he had a line which was trying to like put down LL Cool J, who's one of the greats. And in the line, he said, the greatest rapper of all time died on March 9th. And we wow. all know he was referring to Christopher Wallace, Biggie Smalls, Big Papa, the Notorious B.I.G., right? So we, wow. all send, we all tend to like show Biggie love on March 9th. That's the day he passed. But when mm-hmm. you... Mm-hmm. When you mean so much to the culture, we should also celebrate the day you were born. And today, March 21st happens to be Christopher Wiley. I'm I'm sorry, May 21st. I'm I'm fucking up. May 21st happens to be Biggie Small's birthday. And I mean, I don't even know how we get into a conversation about this. I'll say say it like this, yo. I'll say it like this, yo. Like, it... Big at the time, man. When I first heard that Biggie album, and 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 it was because it was what it was like. Hip hop was really street at the time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everybody remembers, like hip hop was real basement and street. And Diddy found a way to make that basement street sound mixed with some like pop sounds, and it just sounded dope. And and he found the right guy because Big, like there are people who critique Big's rhymes and all the rest of that, like that, <laughs> like. Yeah. Because if you listen to like the way 
like, like the words that a Nas says or the words that a Jay-Z says and how they weave things together. Like with Jay-Z, I have the triple entendres, you know what I mean? And Nas will make you feel like you're, you're there in the room with him, you know what I mean? Yeah. But Big, his thing was he was funny, but he was serious. And he could paint a picture by saying the right words, yo. He didn't say the best words. He yep. didn't say the best things. He made simple things sound mad dope. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he just he, he would just explain it in a way or say something in a way that somebody next to you that you like, Dag, I, I I know the type of person that talks like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. But he, not everybody could put it in a rhyme. And Big could just do that and make you feel like you were there. Like that. When I I remember that big album. This is how old I am, man. When that big album dropped, like all I had, I had it on tape. Somebody taped it for me, put it on it, uh, put it on the TDK tape, ninety minute TDK tape for me. And man, I I played that in my Walkman every single day. I remember, I think it was like the first day of school, early on in the school year, when I had that shit. And like everybody was around me, I didn't want to talk to anybody. I felt like I, I needed to rob them. That's how big had me feeling at the Talking time. Talking about you know, that, that ready to die. Yeah. 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 Word, like those first few songs, I was ready to rob somebody. Like, not until you get to the middle, you be, you know, what I mean, celebrating life. Yeah. Yo, Ant, how that, how that, how that first Biggie album hit you, Ant? I was about to tell Brian, don't show his age. I don't even think these kids even know what a Walkman is. Word, that's they, a fact. Yo, we showing age this pod, yo. We like, that's like, a fact. Like, I gotta show the age. Uh, tape, like, yeah, like, like, stick it to the wall. Like, no, you listen to it. Like, really? Like, yeah, nigga, of course. Word. He, arguably, outside of maybe Slick Rick, biggest, probably the greatest storytelling in hip-hop history. Mm, I was yeah, going yeah. to say, you beat it yeah. too. You beat me too. Right. Right. You, don't worry, you don't worry about the cadence. You don't worry about the rhyme. You don't worry about the flow. It was always great. He literally, from bar to bar, verse to verse, he told the whole story. And it's amazing. We listen to it like he has his own Lily says, I got a story to tell. And he does it point for point. A yeah. to B. From the beginning the whole thing through. And if you close it, you can see it in your head. You can see that. You can see it with giving a loot. You can see the record. Yeah. His, his artistry was really visual. Yeah. It was wow. it was just words. Just words. Mm-hmm. Close your eyes and you're there. That shit is amazing. And I mean, yeah. we, we talk about, you talk about Nas and everything else like that. I mean, Jay, even to this day, still pays homage to him because he got what he got from him, his ability to flow, that storytelling, that vibe to right. come out of nothing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this was amazing. For real. I mean, being one of Big's contemporaries and even more so being one of his friends, he definitely, like, got to, like, study greatness. And when Big passed, like, I think that's why Jay was able to take it where he took it. When I, when I think about, like, Ready to Die... Y'all, mm. y'all make fun of me about not being outside. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And, and this is going to be one of them I wasn't outside moments because okay. I mean, my god brother had ready to die, right? He's about, mm-hmm. about a year or two younger than me. And he was playing it crazy. And he's playing it so much that his mom was like, end up taking the shit away. And me at the time, I was like, I was like scared of the lyrics. I mean, this nigga talking about yeah, yeah. He, was, he was ready to die. And he said, when I die, fuck it. I want to go to hell because I'm a piece of shit. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, damn, yo, this nigga need a hug and shit. But, <laughs> uh, but like, you know, the tracks like Juicy, I got to, like, appreciate them because I was more on, like, the happier hip-hop. And uh, I love the story you told in Juicy. And um, 
I, I just when I when I got to revisit that album when I wanted such like a little punk ass or whatever, yeah, I, yeah. I really got to appreciate Ready to Die, and um, yeah, I mean the thing is, even as I got old, I got to really appreciate like the production, like that uh, that person and like the hitman whoever brought him. And speaking of that, like Ready to Die is a classic, and then yeah. to follow that up a few years later after he grew as an artist and grew as a man. And to follow that up with like life after death, after it's death, like crazy yeah, and it's ill that like the shit he was on, he put out. I listened to that shit today, the whole thing from yeah. front to finish. Um, I, okay, just to just to get myself back in the mood to that, uh, just to get myself in the mood for this conversation, and mm-hmm. it was like one of the few like double albums and shit, like yeah. that. The, like you, you could maybe like skip like two or three songs if you weren't in the mood yeah, for yeah. them, but. Every like every song was like really well produced and it was just good shit. And I remember that was I remember that album coming out on my I believe it was my sixteenth birthday. It was March twenty fifth, I think it was ninety seven. Yeah. Correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. And it was just dope. So I want I want look, I'm gonna go to you, Brian. Like how did yeah. how did that album hit you? Alright, so look, I'm gonna put it to you like this. So the yo, that album, the way I got it was the Spanish kid you know what I mean, who used to, like, go get um, CDs and stuff like that. He had, skipped, he had um, skipped school that day to get me the CD, comes in the, comes into one of my classes and, and hands it to me, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and do remember that album was a little bit sad because Big had, had just died, like, two weeks before that, you know what I mean? So Big died on March 9th, it come out on March 25th, you know what I mean? So the thing, the thing about Biggie was every time he came on a song, like, he made the song, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it was dope, but also th- another thing about Big was is that he set the trends in hip-hop, right? So there were, he was creating new rules that, like, niggas didn't even know that they that, that um, were being invented at the time, like, okay, well, everybody has to have Mary on a, on a, on a, um, on a track, or you not down, you know what I mean? Or you can't be the king. Yeah. And then he was like, alright, well, you have to have you gotta have a premiere track. You gotta have um. You gotta do one of those Midwest tracks. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? You gotta do, um. You gotta do a down south bounce track. You know what I mean? Like he was creating these rules, and he was just making everybody follow after these rules. And he was expanding on those rules in in the um in the Life After Death album. That's why he had the Notorious Thugs song, and that's why he had the Cali song with going going back to Cali with the with the West Coast sound because it was it was really only East Coast rappers that mattered. And he was showing them, like, yo, you got to be able to rhyme on all these beats. You got to have a story that you told. You got to rhyme with Mary. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And he was just creating all the rules. And then everybody did it. Like, if you notice, those next few albums, like, it was Jay, it was Nas. And it was a few other people who were doing it. Just you don't remember them at the time because they aren't as big now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Everybody was following that move because that's how big Biggie was. You know what I mean? I, I remember the, um, I had an English class. And we had to do a presentation, yo. And the shit you said you was afraid of, like, I did that in the presentation. Mm. Like, suicidal thoughts? Yeah. That was my presentation, yo. I just sat there on, 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 on a desk in front of the class and get that shit because it was, it, was so, it was such poetry. It was so ill. You know what I mean? Like, just how he broke down, like, how life was for him. You know what I mean? So, I, I mean, I, that's what I said. Like, I, like I, I needed Big to be respected today on the strength because, you know what I mean? He was just so big in hip-hop and he was bigger in people's lives than maybe people... Um, remember or understand you know what i mean because even those biggie remakes like you know what i mean like mm-hmm. when, when, when diddy will rock, rock that biggie that one more chance remix it wasn't even on the album yeah. you know what i mean and this shit was just still stupid it ran everywhere and you could play that like 
now. You could play that now. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yo, and how that how that second album hit you too? Look, man. Before we get into the album, Big made it dope for Ross for fat motherfuckers to be dope. Yes, fact. Big made Coogee hot and Coogee is ugly as shit. Yep. I mean, I had a couple. I know it was a bunch of ugly sweaters with a bunch of colors. He made it. He made it lit. Yeah. Is the the thing the weird thing about him is just literally the title of the album is "Ready to Die" and "Life After Death." He, yeah. it, it was never. He would never really had a chance to really get like celebrated. I mean, his 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 rhyme and everything else made him who he was. But yeah. I think it's. I think the, the it's not necessarily an issue, but like. With Pac, it's not like Pac had his great discography, but he was always putting out something. His legacy lives on in, in two albums and some B-sides here and there. So yeah. it's, it's a lot of, I don't mean, everybody was dropping double disc, but in reality, a lot of rappers shouldn't have dropped double disc because they didn't have enough to fill one disc. Facts. But he was really, really great on everything that he did and just putting out that second album. And yeah. they just, just having gone, it's just... It's just a tragedy, all in all. But just we're gonna we're gonna stay on this. But let's just let's just pay homage. What are y'all two, three? What What are your three favorite Biggie tracks? Oh man, you know what? That that shit is really hard because I was listening mm. to listening to Life at mine are probably off of Life After Death, except for the yeah. except for the One More Chance remix, which is just like that yeah, that yeah. shit, niggas. I mean. Anybody like our age, a little older, a little younger, and anyone that really appreciated hip hop to go back and listen to that, that's even younger, should be able to say that song like word for word yeah. with the ad lib, right. you know? But listen, right. but listen to the second album, I mean, listen to uh, Life After Death, the double disc. Like, you, you say, What's my three favorites? I don't even know because, like, just looking at like the track list and just like listen to the songs, it's like the. The lead single off the album, I think, was uh, "The More Money, More Problems." You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Which is which is like another song that just get you cannot not dance to that shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you can't like, deny you it. Can't like. And then yeah. Biggie, like, he did hypnotize. I don't know. That might have been the first one off there, honestly, because he was actually in that video a yeah. lot. And it's, so you had like hypnotize and like "More Money, More Problems," which were like like hits. Those are like the beats. Those are like smashes. You know what I'm saying? Right. But then when you get into the album, you got songs like Somebody Gotta Die, you know what Die. I'm saying? Yeah. You got What's Beef, you know what I'm saying? You got Niggas mm-hmm. Bleed. You got, I got right. a story to tell, you know what I'm saying? Dun, dun, dun. And yeah. hell, all, all of that, like fucking my downfall, long kiss, good night, you know what I'm so saying? I'm going to say it like this. I'm going to say it like this. But, Not to cut you, but I'm going to say it like this. I always tell everybody to this day, if you've never listened to hip hop before, and you want to give somebody a track to explain hip hop to them, give them Juicy. That's it. You know what I mean? Juicy. So Juicy got to be there. You thank, know what I mean? thank God, Alex. Yeah. That, that's that's a, I, when I was dead, broke man, I couldn't picture this. this. You know what I mean? Thank like, God, Alex ain't here. He was mad. At, we, Rap Attack, Mr. Magic, Molly Ma. Like, yo, he was breaking down hip hop at the time. What, one second. And, one second, though. Yeah. Like, like Ann is saying, our brother Alex ain't here. If he was here, he would be sighing like crazy, like. Oh, that's because he hates on he, on Biggie though, hate, on the strength. Sometimes you respect Biggie, you know what I'm saying? But sometimes yeah, I but... also hate on Biggie. But no, go go ahead, Juicy. Like, like no, nah, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I'm gonna jump out there on Alex because he can't respond. <laughs> you know why Alex hates on Biggie though? It's because Alex loves Nas, who was one of the greater MCs, and you know what I mean. It's Biggie, Jay Z, and Nas. It was always the battle, right? Yeah. And 
if you look at it, Biggie always got more love than Nas. Yeah. It's a fact. You can't you can't get past that. So if you were a Nas fan, you always gonna have a little bit of issue. And another thing is there was always a beef between Nas and Big. It was just low key. And the woo and those woo cats, they used to spark it a little bit because Nas had to had his baby picture on his cover, and then Big put the baby picture on his cover. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it was like, and then the woo dudes was like, yo, you trying to yo, Big keep on trying to steal your swag. Now he's doing all the Italian stuff. And so there was there it was at the time it was always like, yo, Big is stealing Nas's swag. You know what I mean? That was what the Nas fans were saying. And and there was something to that because some of the things Nas did, but some of the things it was just Kings County, man. They both in Brooklyn and Queens, a little bit beef like that, and they both had like similar things that they was into. So that's I, I mean, that that's how that went. Yeah, so but now nah, like you said, juicy definitely attractive. But, if you don't know but it, juicy, that, yeah. that will bring you in. It will give you like jewels and it will give right. you just superior rapping from big just talking every day. And it'll run Remind you of, of like tearing posters out of magazines, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then the rise, like like how he was able to just rap and get money. Like it was really, it really explains hip hop from the start, man. It explains like being a fan. Like if you actually sit down and listen to Juicy, it explains that shit. Now you said one more chance. That's gotta be there. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then the third is always is gonna be hard for me because you know what I mean. It could be a whole bunch of things. Like my um. My favorite, one of my favorite Biggie tracks, honestly, is it's it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite beats ever. It's unbelievable. Ooh. You know what I mean? Yeah, I fuck so, with that. Yeah. I fuck with that. Doom, 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 doom. Mm-hmm. Like, and then and then the the respect song played out of respect. Like he killed that. Like that song is so lit. And then the what? Like so all those songs. Like so number three is always gonna be hard for me. But those first two, that juicy and um. And one more chance, like they have to be there. There's no way to get past. And it. it's crazy because this double album that he dropped is classics, and it's like, it's, I mean, it's, it's classic yeah. and it's laced with classics. But you can really do a top three biggie. And you took two off the first album, and you took a remix right. that didn't even wasn't even on the album. And even though I love like damn near every song off the second album, I can't even say that I don't like your list. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, yeah. and, and then and then nobody ever remembers the dreams track that he did with Mary J. Blige. I probably go to jail for fucking Patty Bell. Ooh, Regina Bell should probably do me swell. Jasmine Gobble, yo, do remember though. Yeah, keep on going. Nah, and that, and, that, and that's classic. And I mean, we had to revisit that again when like Nicki came out, tried to do her own little right. version, and right. everybody copied. Yeah, I mean, and then it's just crazy. Like, so I mean, the thing like. I mean, we could talk about Biggie a little bit more, but when I think about the second album, the thing that gets me is that he had like, he had like the the commercial dope tracks. He had the little nasty tracks, and he was talking like Greasy and shit with Cam, whatever. And he had the like the real dark like fucking black tense black hoodie shit, where fucking mm. uh, you you like you just feel like you in this shit, like either you about to kill a motherfucker or you about to move some weight. Or just whatever, and like the stories, it's just crazy. And I think that second album, the first, the second, like fucking classics and shit. And it's a damn shame that those were the only ones that he was able to like bring to completion before he passed. Now I want to like bring it to like uh, he had that album that came after that where they kind of like threw together random verses that they had. I forget the name of that album, but then after that they had a duets album. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that one. 
And that third album, I forgot the name because it's kind of almost a throwaway because they was recycling verses and it and they were putting like beats to shit he already did and it wasn't as clean as that. Um, it wasn't as clean as those like dozens of albums that they dropped the Tupac late on because Biggie just didn't have that much in like on tape like to like keep that legacy going after that. But that Biggie duets was really hard. Messenger. Even even though they recycled the beats and shit, it was like really dope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I mean, we could put a cap on. We I, we we could put a cap on the Biggie talk real quick. And like my last word, my last words on Big was um, like Anthony said, he made it fly to be a big nigga. You know what I'm saying? Why? And hey. he told incredible stories. <laughs> shout out to that. Shout out to that production that he had from Puffy. Like that made a lot to like to show off how incredible he was as a storyteller. But, you know, um, I think we're going to take a little break and then get right back to it. But, yo, God bless Big. May he rest in peace. Happy birthday. Um, this man passed away when he was only 24. And I remember being a teenager looking at this man thinking larger than life when he was only, like, his early 20s. And, like, God bless. And uh, we'll be right back to you. All right. So after talking about this Biggie uh, topic, you know, again, rest in peace. March 21st. This is Biggie's birthday. If you May, nigga. Oh, my God. All right. The, the, the March 9th line is so stuck in my head that I forget what it's made. Word is born. It's Biggie's yeah. Biggie birthday. God bless. And I think about Biggie. And one thing I think about Biggie, if he was, like, still rapping, you know what I'm saying? He was still doing his thing. He would have definitely been featured on, like, a DJ Khaled album because, like, DJ Khaled, he has had like so many albums with so many anthems and brought together some of the weirdest combinations of rappers and R&B yeah. singers and stuff. But for some reason, it works. But before we get into this Khaled talk, Khaled dropped a new album. We're going to definitely talk about it. We want to welcome Sia back to our podcast. We only had one guest ever, and she, <laughs> and she was so good that we had to bring it back, especially... Since Alex isn't here, so we need another voice, another strong opinion, and she definitely got that. Uh, Sia, are you happy to be back with us? I am very happy. Thank you again for inviting me. What's good, everybody? Everybody chilling. Everybody happy to have you here. Peace, peace. Okay. I'm very happy. I got my crab legs, so we lit. Yeah, she was. I, I hit her up like, "Yo, where you at? I'm getting crab legs." Like, yo, what the <laughs> that sounds like the fattest shit I ever heard in my life. Now, whatever, don't judge me. I'll say all. All I know is I never get between the sister and her crab legs. Like, yo, I done went on crab leg runs for my mama. And hey, yo, that sounds like a double entendre, my G. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. All right, all right, let's let's rein it back in. You know what I'm saying? Let's rein it back in. Well, all right. So, like I said, if Biggie was still alive, if he was rapping all the time, he probably would have been on the DJ Khaled album. And um, now we're going to talk about DJ Khaled's most recent album called Father of Assad. If you don't know, Assad, Assad. Is, Ka- Assad is Khaled's son. And he means the he's world. The greatest. He, he, mean, he means the, he's the greatest being <laughs> in the world to Khaled. In fact, Khaled's executive producers on I this album. I love you. Are, his executive producers on this album are his son himself and Ala. That was in the print. This motherfucker might sound right. a little crazy, but you know, God bless. He loves his son. Right. And he loves to bring out these albums with all the stars. You know what I'm saying? And before right, we get gone. to the album itself, there was a lead up track, the lead track to the album. Um, and it came with a video was a song higher, and it's featuring yeah. um, the late Nipsey Hussle, you know, God bless, and 
John Legend. And when people heard that there was a song with Nipsey Hussle who recently passed, who everybody is finally, if they didn't, weren't already, like, enamored with his greatness, Nipsey Hussle, it's like you put John Legend singing ass in there with that weird-ass yeah. voice. It's like everybody swore they were going to cry yeah. when they heard this song, Higher. I want to go to you, Brian, first. What did you think of Nipsey Hussle, John Legend, Khaled, Higher? All right, so my initial thought was, yo, it's sad. You know what I mean? I'm a Nipsey fan. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, yo, Nipsey's really talking about his life. And that first verse, like, he really trying to get into his life and, like, really be real personal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it was like, damn, like, that's the space he could get into right now. And they cut it short, his life. You know what I mean? And then my second thought was, damn, this the song could be longer. Like, I wanted Ooh, to see this. Yo, yo. You know what I mean? Like, I wanted to Let me, let me touch you for a second. Verse, let me touch yeah. you for a second. One second. I forget who it was. It might have been a Joe Bunn podcast, which we all love listening to. But somebody said recently, like in the past month, how they missed the third verse. I think it was Park. And when I heard that what? song, it was two verses. And I'm like, yo, give me one more. And yeah. listening to Biggie, not to backtrack, but it's like, Hell, I was listening to Beanie Siegel or shit. Just after you Word. got them two, the third, like, ooh, it felt good to hear like a third verse again. But like, I, I'm sorry I had to cut you, but that shit been on my nah. mind as soon as I heard it. Go back to you on that higher. What, what else did you feel from? Nah, that? that's right and exact. Like, yo, it. I mean, it was almost cheat code. You know what I mean? You put John Legend on that, mm-hmm. and like, not even to jump forward because the song right after that is Nas and CeeLo. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. like, yo, they got those ill tracks like back to back. Like, you could listen to those and be happy. You know what I mean? If, if Khaled just give us those. Like, there's a segment of people there, but they've just been happy. But, yeah, no, I, I wanted a little bit more. And it was sad because, like, he expressed himself, like, especially in the first verse. That second verse, you know what I mean? He, he got back into his his thing, you know what I mean? His, his, his talk and all that stuff. But that first verse, Ooh. I was like, I wanted more. And after we saw the funeral, like, when he was talking about his mother and his father, and they like, I'm picturing them on that stage, like, eulogizing him. Like, so right. that first verse... But yo, yo, Aunt, I know you listened to that song too. So what, what you how how to hit you, like real quick? I only listened to that Nipsey track twice. I can listen to it again. It, it like the first time is empowering. The second time just made me sad. It just made me realize like, I, I mean, it's, it's probably some other cuts out there left. But like, you're never going to see him blossom. Like like we we just, we just talking about Big and the fact that you know he had those albums. He was cut down so early in his life. Like with Nipsey, it's like. Like, this is not going to be the last time you're going to hear something, but the fact that, you know, it just it happened so recently to remind you of, of what we've lost as, like, a culture and as a community, and the fact that, you know, like, like that's never coming back again. So it's, like, it's hard for me to listen to. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, I'm going to revisit it again, but it's, like, just hearing him spout so much about his life and just you hear, like, that fire, that passion in his voice, like, just him wanting to live and wanting to grow and wanting to do more. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's gone, heartbreaking, but overall, just the album itself, I thought Scissor was fire. I thought the track with, with Nas was fire. I like the Jeezy and Ross one. I wanted a bit more, like, the whole thing you're talking about, the third voice, mm-hmm. third, third verse. I, I just wanted a little bit more out of that. Jealous was pretty good too, but all in all, yeah, Ross like, is so much better. Oh, oh, Ross is so much better but, than Jeezy. But, but, but not, but not to cut you on that. This one, like, uh, Sia, did you um, catch the Nipsey track on Cali album? Unfortunately, I'm still listening to Baby Shark and Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. Ah, uh, okay, that's where you oh, at. Jesus Christ. That's where you at with it. All right, that's cool. Let me just, I'm, I'm, let me, let me just speak my little piece on higher. 
and then we're gonna talk about Khaled album a little bit more, then we're gonna move on. But as far as Hyatt, how it hit me, it was like the fact that they had a video for it, you know what I'm saying? And Nipsey was in there in his light little blue, whatever the hell shit he was wearing and shit. He looked sly, he looked damn near angelic, especially because he passed, you know what I'm saying? And um it gave me I ain't mad at you vibes, you know what I'm saying? For that to come out when Pac died, I got like it, it felt like yeah. it felt almost weird. It's like you was do you did like your it's like you was eulogizing yourself, you know what I'm saying, in your last track, and you had no idea that you was gonna get yeah, gunned yeah. down, you know what I'm saying? So I mean that track was cool. I, I wish it was I wish it was longer. I wish it was longer. You know what I'm saying? That's one thing. I wish it was a little yeah. bit better. It was a really good song, but I thought it could have been yeah. a little bit better. It was like yeah. I just wish it was better and I wish that Nicky had a third verse. But like for me to say something yeah. after, after like listen to that track on the album, we talk about the Jeezy and Ross and yeah, Ross better than Jeezy. You know what I'm saying? But another song that I like off the album, and shit, maybe it's because I really be on like my little pop type shit. I really like the song Jealous with Chris Brown, Lil Wayne, and uh Big Sean. I think it was like it had a real song of the summer feel. I don't know if it's gonna pop like that because like Lil Wayne, he, Lil Wayne sounded good on it, you know what I'm saying? But Lil Wayne kind of washed, you know what I mean? And wow. Lil Wayne is washed, yeah. he washed. Even, even though he sounded good on this, he was he in general washed. So I don't know if he's gonna be on a song or something. And Big Sean, even though he did his thing, Big Sean ain't that dude, you know what I'm saying? I fucks with Big Sean heavy, but I don't think he that dude. But I love the song Jealous, and uh, <clears throat> excuse me, I love the Scissor song Just Us, and I, I like how yeah. I like how Khaled like kind of. <clears throat> on multiple tracks kind of brought back like beats from like you know classic like hip-hop songs or something that we like known and uh it was just all around like a a really solid album you know what i'm saying it was it was one of Khaled's best albums in recent i'll say this I, i'll say this yo he gave scissor the only real solo track you know what i mean like that was like the mark you know what i mean like mm-hmm. all right so you got next and i feel like like he, nobody knew that Nipsey was gonna die, so Nipsey kind of got the cachet of a song, that uh, you know what I mean, of what his standing was in hip hop. Like, all right, you could get on a John Legend song because you on the rise, you you stepping up higher, but he wasn't giving him a song of the summer. You know what I mean? Nah, yeah. like you could like, and so you could tell that, and that's why when you said, well, you wanted the song to be better, like, yeah, like we all would have wanted the song to be better, but. That was Nipsey, you know what I mean? First time on a Khaled album, like he was happy to be there. Like that was that was a, like if if Nipsey lived, you know what I mean? That would have mm-hmm. been a big thing for Nip. You know what I yeah. mean? We've been like, damn, Nip on a Khaled album, like, and and then we'd be like, damn, what's next? You know what I mean? He might be on a whole bunch of new remixes and all the rest of that shit. But there's a lot. Of, like honestly, I, I I really like the whole album, man. I like the um, I like the uh, uh Bougie Bantan songs. Yeah, all them shits was hard. You know what I mean? I, I liked a lot of that shit, man. Yeah, no, nah, it was it was definitely solid, and Khaled gave us what we expected, and it just flowed a little better than I was kind of expecting. Honestly, he just gave us a really like good album. You know what I'm saying? Really good yeah. album. And I was kind of put off by like um, that top off song with uh, Jay Z, Future, and Beyonce. Yeah, I was mad. And and the no brainer song with like the Justin Bieber and Chance and like I think Quavo whoever was on it. Because I think Khaled put them shits out like maybe last year in between albums. So I was like, so I kind of felt like it should have been on the last album. So when I got to the end, I'm like, the fuck are these doing on here? But you know what I'm saying? Those were big songs for them. And I'm pretty sure they kind of like boosted sales for the album on themselves and whatnot. So I mean, uh, 
Any last words on Khaled's album from y'all? Nah, I'm good on that. Nah, so we good. I mean, so we hit up Biggie. We talked about Khaled. That was our kind of like little music portion of everything. And we about to be right back to you with a little bit of the rough stuff. You know what I'm saying? There's some really questionable legislation that has been passed. And yeah, we, we about to get into some grimy shit. You know what I'm saying? So um, we'll be right back to you. All right, so we back, you know. Uh, after the lighthearted, you know, uh, talk about music, we're going to get right into some um, really, like, tough stuff, you know what I'm saying? And um, the first thing we're going to get into is uh, what's going on in North Carolina. Now, recently, I think some legislation has been, like, uh, in the past, like, couple of weeks, some legislation has been, like, shut down that would have given women more rights when it comes to um, sexual assault and rape as of now and for I guess as long as there has been laws about this in the state of um, North Carolina a woman or anybody whatever we, we talk about women because it's mostly women in the rape thing but when two consenting adults start having sex if one wants to stop in the middle of it the other person can just keep going and and the state of North Carolina is cool. That's not rape. You know what I'm saying? It shit sounds wild. And also in the state of, I'm the state of North Carolina, you can legally, if you're with somebody, drug them and take advantage of them if they go with you. You know what I'm saying? And the whole shit is crazy. You can actually have someone who is inebriated, high, drunk, whatever the hell, at your home or wherever the fuck you at and you can have sexual intercourse with them and if you try to cry rape, the laws of North Carolina are not on your side. And like I said, there was some legislation that people have been trying to push through for the past couple of years and probably before that to like bring these laws up to like date to like, you know, common sense like fucking shit, you know, like common fucking morality where, like, women have their right. rights about not being fucking raped and not being taken advantage of and not being able to have any other, like, recourse to, like, get justice. And that legislation right. got shut down. So we're going to get into this. I'm going to throw it to Brian first on how you feel about... Right. Actually, you know what? Sia, are you, like, well-versed in this, um, this topic? Well, let me open it up, and then, and then she'll go... Because she, she could probably do better than me, so I'll do opening that. And I'm going to be real with you, y'all. Like, like, when I saw it, I didn't believe it. And that's why I, I, I showed y'all, because it was kind of crazy to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'll just be real quick about it, because um, my perspective is... I'll just give the political perspective real quick. And bring back to the fact that elections have consequences. Mm. 105 new judges in place ever since 2016, Trump won, wins the election. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so those, just because those judges aren't federal judges, and some of them are federal judges, okay? So this is, a lot of these things, these rape laws and these abortion laws and stuff like that are happening for one reason. It's because we have the most conservative court that we've had in my lifetime. And so this court is the one that looks closest to the to one that would overturn Roe versus Wade. 
all of these laws whoa, whoa, hold on, right, hold on. that we bring up. I, I, I feel you. I feel okay, you. I don't want. I don't want to jump there. You're right. I feel everything you're talking, and that really not, that's really going to be what you said. Said it's going to be really heavy when we get to that next topic. As far as this yeah. one, like the, the shit is nah, like so. Right. Like, I don't want to jump. Yeah, it's so ingrained in what North Carolina laws are that it's like. This is before Trump even got there. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's, you're right. It's, you're, you're right. Yo, this, but, this is right. But, but I, I, I just think it's crazy. Like, I, I, think, I think that these laws, I think that it's still, it matters. Like, you know, get these judges out of there and get the right judges in there. You know what I mean? So that these laws can get out of there. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just the legislators, because it is legislators, but it's not just the legislators. You know what I mean? It's top-down government, man. Get these people out of there that would make these laws, that would support these laws, that would have these laws in the courts. That's all I have to say. Yeah. And and like just to reiterate, these laws are really uh they these these laws are really like throwing shit in the face of like consent, you know what I'm saying? And it, it, it yeah. like as far as this goes, see it, do you have anything to add on this? Like, I I need to be very clear. These laws were already on the books. Yes. These yeah. were already laws from a yeah, long they time. Were. Long as time. Yeah. So they're being brought back up to light now. I'm assuming because of all of these other laws being passed. What? Well, what about so absolutely, closely, absolutely closer at it? Yeah. I mean, the big thing is like people have been like trying, like you know, to like to update these laws. You know, what I'm saying to give like uh, to say no, you cannot drug somebody and have sex with them. You cannot uh, continue having sex with someone. It's me too. To stop. And that exactly that's what it is. This is getting more like they've been trying for a while to fix these laws. Like, but with me too being a thing now, it's like it's putting the spotlight on the fact that North mm-hmm. Carolina laws are so outdated. So it's like a lot of colleges out there. Yeah, a lot. And it, it's and I it, think it, this is a very this law is very is a fine, fine line because on one hand, you have legitimate victims. Mm-hmm. And on the other hand, you have girls that are just screaming it out because either they got caught up or, you know, their reputation that, you know, might be a little tarnished. Yeah. I personally think that if they keep this intact, the women's prison population is going to increase tremendously. Because there's going to be a lot of things happening to some of these men if they do these things to these women. They don't... I think that a lot of guys out here nowadays, if you're a real true man, you wouldn't do this. Period. Whether it's the law or not. Yeah. I'm offended because there are men making decisions on what I can do with my body and what happens to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that is a serious, serious issue, and I'm a bit afraid because it seems like it's it's starting to, you know, trickle towards us up north. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen something, a map or something, where it's being talked about, you know, and I'm afraid, and I don't like it at all. I mean, we have enough laws on the books as it is. I'm not even sure if I'm supposed to be talking right now. Yeah, I mean, it might be against the law somewhere. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's definitely crazy, like, with these consent laws, like, um, and just talking for, like, the fellas, I mean, we think about our mothers, our aunts, our cousins, our daughters, goddaughters, uh, nieces, and all that stuff, and I want to go to Aunt. How do you feel about 
laws like this being on the books, I know you have like, I think you have like nieces or goddaughters and stuff. How would you feel if they grow up and go to college in North Carolina and they still got these fucking kind of laws in the books? Where you at with it, Ant? I feel worried about them nonetheless, whether it be North Carolina or anywhere. Yeah. You, just worry, you just worry about the safety of women in any way, shape or form. Like I said, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into the Alabama thing. It seems like there is a war on women's rights, their identity, their self, their everything. And the fact that, you know, when you hear the law, it, it's, it sounds archaic. It sounds like, nah, this can't be true. It sounds really fucking insane. Like, okay, so if I go out with you and then we go to your place or my place or wherever, and then we start doing it, and the moment I enter, nothing can stop me. Now, I... In some twisted logic, I can see how some men will find it to be like, oh, this is great. Like, no matter what happens, there's no holds barred. But like I said, you're eliminating the human aspect of that. You're, you're, you're taking out all of this masculine identity, and you're just saying that you are my property. You are my possession. I can do with you as I wish. No matter what you say or what you do, the moment I am inside you, you are mine. Now, some people some might people have might a way with that. Yeah, and I mean, yeah. the whole thing comes down to it. Like, I feel everything you're talking about, and like, see, you kind of touched on it, saying that some women might kind of like take advantage of it, and that's one of the first things I thought. It's like, really, like in the middle of it, you could say stop, and then I might be like, uh, let me cut you off. Be yes, criminal. Yes. Huh? I'm sorry. What you say? I'm sorry. Let me cut you off. But yes, in the middle of it, if if. I want to stop. I should be able to stop. Just like if you wanted to stop, you should be able to stop. Right or wrong? Oh no, no, no. North Carolina no, law no. says no to that, though. No, no, no. But I'm, I'm not. North Carolina I'm, says once you start, you can't stop. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not saying that's wrong. I, that's definitely think, how it should be. But I think that law. When was the law put in place? What What year? What era are we talking about? Because maybe that. No, I don't know. The but the fact then. that it's still there is the problem. Yeah, this is like old. I like. Saying that it, it's the problem that is still there, but I think that back then the climate was, you know, you yeah. could beat your wife, you could do these things to your wife. Women were technically like men's property. Yeah, I mean, honestly, but you could, you could, rape, I know you, it you could now, but you could sexually assault or force like sex on your wife, like I think damn near anywhere in the country, and it wasn't even considered rape until sometime in like I think eighty six, eighty seven or something when laws like that got passed. So. This is just another piece of like archaic like uh fucking laws that are like like, like that are somewhat like hidden under the surface if you never had to like go to court about them. Like we had no idea that North Carolina still had this shit. And I don't even know if there might be some other states down south that also have it, you know what I'm saying? And I don't know, I think it's crazy. I think we kind of put a cap on this where it's like laws like this need to change and Absolutely. It, it, it's basically that. I mean, it, it, it shit is just crazy, and I don't even know. But I mean, when you start, you might find a lot of things when you start overturning some rocks. You start looking under stuff and looking in corners and crevices. It's probably a lot of things that are laws that you know you might want to take closer looks at. I'm pretty yeah. sure of it. Oh yeah. Forty years. Yeah. The, the law has been in place. Uh, got in place forty years ago. Yeah. Wow, that's not even that long ago. No. Nah. Crazy. What you got to think? And it's <laughs> funny to think Only like... Only a man 
and I, I mean, not a man, because a man would not do a savage. Only a savage want that. Period. Yeah, and I honestly, you say forty years ago, I think probably when they started really trying to like, you know, put like real like rape laws in a, into effect, I think it was definitely some dudes that were like, "Yo, but I'm saying if she was already with me, that should right. be rape, right?" And other dudes were like, "Yeah, of course not." You know what I'm saying? Right, right. protecting a man or something protect, like that. Protecting like a man. Yeah, and it's like also like, oh yeah, she drunk, you know what I'm saying? And she was already down for it. She shouldn't be able to cry rape with me. And men like, yeah, hell no, that's crazy, you know what I'm saying? But you know, shit like that's in the books. I know there's people, good people down there, um, trying to fight to get this stuff overturned. Like I said, they had some legislation, a piece of legislation that got shut, got got shut down a few weeks back, and people are still like hopeful that they'll be able to come up with something else to like shut this bullshit down. You know what I'm saying? And I'm glad right. it's getting like some national attention. Hopefully it goes from there. But in other news, shit that seems if possible even crazier or just as crazy. Mm. You gotta speak about Alabama. You know what I'm saying? And on this podcast we have talked about Georgia's uh, fetal heartbeat um bill which got passed into law. And Bullshit. which basically said that is it is it six weeks? Is it, is, yeah. is, is yeah. six that, weeks that abortions will be illegal after six weeks? You won't be able to get a legal abortion, and criminal action will be taken upon you, um, the woman, and possibly the person performing the abortion. Now, we thought that shit was wild as fuck. You know what I'm saying? Until we heard that Alabama. <laughs> pass it, pass into law. Leave it to Alabama. You know, God bless yeah. Alabama. I lived there for about four or five years. I was not in uh, surrounded by hicks and crazy crackers and shit like that. I was in the city. You know, it was pretty like pretty good. But fucking Alabama is a fucking state. God, you look crazy. And what I'm talking about is the recent piece of legislation legislation that has passed in the law and is supposed to become in effect in like six months, where anybody that performs an abortion, any doctor that performs an abortion yeah. will face up to 99 years in prison. Wow. <laughs> if they perform yeah. an abortion and the only way they can perform an abortion is if there is significant evidence or significant um, danger that the woman wouldn't survive the pregnancy. That's the only thing. And so that has stripped away. But I'm, I'm gonna let you get into it. That and that's the only thing. Incest. If you got raped by whoever, no, you cannot get a legal abortion in Alabama. If you were, right. if you were raped, you cannot get a legal abortion in Alabama. This shit is crazy, and I'm gonna go straight to you, Sia. I want to like feed off your energy. How do you feel about this? I I am yo, I'm at a loss for words almost. I just cannot believe this nonsense. A bunch of men who can't even carry a child. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can't carry a child, birth a child is going to make a decision on a woman's body. Now when you say perform an abortion, you're saying surgically perform an abortion because there's other ways to have an abortion. Well, the th- the thing is no, an abortion in general. From from what yeah, from what from what okay. I from what I read the person, the woman getting the abortion wouldn't face charges, thank God, you know what I'm saying? But they had made it so that the, the doctors the doctor that will perform the abortions, you know, the, 
the people that are trained to do it so they can, you know, do it right. And so the woman might be able to have a child later on. And so she will not maybe die of fucking like some fucking coat hanger or abortion that she had in, like a back room and shit like. I mean, they'll probably just go to another state. I mean, they, they probably will go to another state, but Alabama's a big fucking state. And Alabama's a, Alabama's a poor fucking state, and it is like the least educated fucking state. So, Clearly. Yeah. It, 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 it's fucking crazy the, the fucking corner that they have backed the doctors in. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, and they didn't. They didn't back the doctors in the corner, but they did. Was they what they did was effectively bypass the law of the land, which is Roe versus Wade. And I jumped the gun mm-hmm. in last topic. Get it? Because no. that's ahead. really you know because that's that's really what they that's really what they did. They want they, they didn't want to see when they're like all right well. They're like, all right, well, women are going to complain about women's rights and all the rest of this stuff like that. So we can effectively bypass that, attack the doctor, and then it's going to go to the Supreme Court. And they feel like they could get it past the Supreme Court. It, for a while, it, you know, abortion, Roe versus Wade has been a five to four decision in the Supreme Court. Hmm. Okay. And that's why it's been the law of the land. The Kavanaugh hearings, when Trump puts in, First off, they first off they they uh, Merrick Garland, who was the guy that that um, Barack Obama wanted to make the um, the next person in the Supreme Court. They held up his nomination for a year and said Barack Obama cannot put a put anybody in in Supreme Court because he is a lame duck president for the last year of his presidency, mm-hmm. and so they didn't want it to happen. Right, so Mitch McConnell held it up for a year. Then, as soon as Trump comes in, he immediately puts in. Whoever the hell, I forget his name. You know what I mean? It was a conservative, okay? Then another guy leaves or dies or whatever. And that's when the uh, Kavanaugh hearings happened. Remember Kavanaugh and everybody said, oh, he raped this woman or blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. He got drunk, whatever. And so he's another conservative in the court. So there, there is an extra conservative in the court is the point. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get what and you're saying. All of these, low, all of these um, lower courts, the reason that they're doing this is because they know that all of these laws at some point in time are going to have to be fought and go up to the Supreme Court. And this is the first time that it could go 5-4 the other way. And, okay? and that is one of the, I don't want to cut you off, but that is like the most dangerous thing there because they passed this law and we look at this shit and say, yo, this is fucking crazy. You know what I'm saying? And even yeah. conservatives yeah. are like, yo, even some pro-lifers are like, yo, this is fucking crazy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And like you talk about Roe v. Wade, that shit has been, that was passed before any of us was born. That's passed back in 73. Yeah, it's like 74 or some shit like that. Oh, 73. I got it right here. And the shit is, like like you say, if we have like this conservative Supreme Court, like they can really overturn that shit because with this thing passing it to law, people are going to like fight it. You know what I'm saying? They're going to like appeal all this stuff and they're going to have right. to appeal to the highest court in the land. And if that highest court in exactly. the land is conservative to the point where they can rationalize overturning Roe v. Wade, which they would basically be doing if they didn't fucking shoot that law down. This shit's crazy. But now nah, go back. You were talking about how important right. it is getting these justices in and all this stuff is. And whew. it is. No, I mean, it, listen, man, I, listen, it, 
it it's something that it it's seemingly this is the, in these points and parts of our life like it, it we we start to feel a little bit of powerless you know what i mean okay because... let me just jump in real quick let me cut you off brian sorry go ahead let me go just ahead. say this let me tell you why this bill is this law is so dangerous right because we're relying on science right science mm-hmm. is unreliable doctors cannot tell you when you are going to give birth they yeah. date or two weeks after this date right mm-hmm. okay let alone they can't even tell you the time that you conceived right so it's it's all estimated right mm-hmm. I was pregnant with my my daughter when I got pregnant with my daughter I had cramps and I you know I went to the hospital and the first thing they told me was can't find a heartbeat mm-hmm. you're having a miscarriage okay my daughter's one right now that's what they kept telling me. So I'm waiting for this to happen. Now, if I had listened to them, right, these medical professionals who's telling me yeah. that y- your child's not, you know, it's not happening, it's not, you're not going to progress or, um, I'm sorry, I'm out of, trying to think of the right words, but um, no, you got it. if I listened to them and, and I went ahead and said, you know what, I don't want to wait for a miscarriage to happen. Let me just go ahead and go through this abortion. My daughter wouldn't be here today. Yeah. It wasn't until my last doctor's visit where he told me this is a failed pregnancy. But before I leave, before you leave out of the office, let me just check one more time. And at that moment, he said, oh, my God, it's a miracle. I see a heartbeat. At that point, I was what? uh, About 10 weeks pregnant. I didn't find out I was pregnant until I was about, I guess, according to them, about maybe eight weeks, seven weeks pregnant. You don't really know how far along you are. This is all science, and it's not that reliable. So how can they say to a woman, well, if you're six weeks pregnant, who the hell knows they're six weeks pregnant? Wow. I don't know that can tell me they knew they were six weeks. I don't know. It's just not possible. You, It's just a lot that goes into it. You know what I'm it's saying? The, it's the systematic dismissal of, of, of rights, man. I got six books that I, that I got on the list, man, and I'll tell everybody... I say everybody should read, and one of them is Handmaid's Tale. Like after I read that shit, like I know this, it's a TV show, and I watched the TV show, and I didn't really like the TV show. And the only reason I don't like the TV show is because they are not vicious enough. It doesn't explain how the the way that women were being treated in a in a male dominated society, but. What we're seeing right now, and I know you probably have seen the memes and stuff like that when they talk about the Handmaid's Tale, it's for real. Like, it's when women, they don't allow women to make decisions anymore. Like, I didn't know half the shit that Sia was talking about right now. You know why? Because I've never been pregnant before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't have known that. There was no way for me to know. It's never been my body. You know what I mean? So when she says it, you actually have to listen. And there was a whole bunch of people in the room that made these decisions based on never actually having to function in, in that capacity as a woman. And that's the real issue. Like looking past a, a certain segment of the population and, and thinking you know what's right for them. Yeah. I think that, you know, who, okay, so let's just, let's just say that uh, you're forcing these women to have these children, right? Who's going to take care of these kids? Yeah. Yo, Who's going to feed them? I'll Who's going to clothe them? I'll jump, I'll and jump furthermore, like then this. you're going to have them go to other extremes to not be able to have this. This is bananas. And, no, the, and, the, that, and no. the ill shit is, like, I'm sorry to cut you, but the ill no, shit is, like, all these folks are saying, oh, no, you got to have these babies. That's life. It yeah. would be the same folks 
that will turn around and look mm-hmm. at you crazy when you try to get a little public assistance because maybe you were exactly. young as hell. You know what I'm saying? All you didn't have anything straight. The same folks that are going to look at you and say, ew, you unwed mother. You know what I'm saying? If that's the case, and put you the fuck down. So it's like... Yo, Joe. What's up? Go ahead. Yo, and I'm going to go back to both what, what both of you were saying. Now, tell me what year Roe versus Wade was passed again. Um, 73. All right, and I'm going to geek out again and tell you another book called Freakonomics. You know what I mean? And it, it broke down what the effects of Roe v. Wade was. And it said, yo, it, it looked at the peak crime levels. So from this age to this age was the largest levels of crime. And the drop in crime during the Clinton era was the largest drop in crime that we've ever seen in the United States of America. And, and, and they attribute it to one thing. It was about 18 years after Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't a whole bunch of unwanted children running around in the street. Yeah. It was wanted children. You, you understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It has an effect, yo. Yeah. Like, most definitely. And shit, man. I mean, it, 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 the whole shit is crazy. The whole shit is it's crazy. Very crazy. I don't know what they think. They can't even make, half of them can't even produce children. They straight spitting out dust. Yo, and they both, talk about. Yeah. And in that Alabama, and when they passed that Alabama law, it was nasty. They had a meme that had yeah. the pictures of all of those white men, all those white Republicans Vote. that voted. And yeah. the person that signed it into law was the governor of Alabama, Kay Ivey. And yeah. she is a woman, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. she is a 70-something-year-old woman. And, you know, God bless, but you way past the age of conceiving a child. So you, like, don't even have, like... I feel like you don't even have the right to push this bullshit through. You know what I'm saying? You know, I I wonder if they would feel the same way if their daughters or granddaughters were pregnant by a black man. One hundred percent. You know where I was going with that. I don't care. Yeah. I'm going to say it. I wonder if they would yeah. feel the same way. Would oh. they still want the baby? Oh, oh, they getting they getting their abortions. Hello. You, you Come got a on. brother? Oh, they getting their abortion. Oh, and they and they gonna get it. They gonna take the child somewhere. They gonna have the best doctor to do it. And they gonna. It's gonna be just like the warden from Life when he running around with that baby, like putting the baby. Who the pappy? I's the pappy. I's the pappy. Trying to figure out who that baby daddy is. So the baby came out brown. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be just like that, yo. And you got anything to put on this before we cap this? Because this whole shit nasty. Damn, y'all cooking. I'm good. I'm good. Y'all are cooking. I'm enjoying this. I'm fine. Y'all, I can't say nothing more. Y'all I, I, said, I, 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 woman's perspective. Yeah, I'm going to so Jersey and we all good because it's not going to fly over here. Yeah. Word. No, I think it's going to be this. I think we covered this like pretty good. Best we could. I want to thank Sia for being here to like, you know, bring the woman's perspective, bring her perspective. You know what I'm saying? And shit, I want to get off of this. Because it's like, you know, fuck, I say God bless. And I hope right. that, uh, I hope that even though we have this conservative uh, Supreme Court, I hope that if it comes to them to overturn this, I hope that somehow they do the right thing, you know? Right. Maybe I'm hoping against hope, but fuck, I hope, <laughs> I hope something happens with this. But we can go from that to one of the most phenomenal things I've seen in my lifetime. Why? The cla- the um, graduating class of Morehouse College 
Fuck, fuck, fuck. What's good, bro? I, I graduated the wrong goddamn oh, time. Oh, yes. We, we, we all graduated from the, the yeah. wrong goddamn time. Word from the ball. wrong goddamn university. And what, what I was saying, it's, it's all over the news. I'm pretty sure, so sure you've seen it on television, on social media. But the graduating class of Morehouse this year, their keynote speaker was Robert Smith. And he is the richest African-American Period. He's worth about uh, yeah. something over like $4 billion from what I read. And as the keynote speaker, he let the graduating class know this is 400 brothers. And I'm saying, well, yeah, maybe some white folks sprinkle there, but mostly brothers. You know what I'm saying? That learned during their commencement speech that their entire student loan debt would be covered by right. him. And people are estimating that somewhere. Upwards of $40 million. Now, he's a fucking $4 billion motherfucker. You know what I'm saying? So this isn't like, if anyone can do this, he can do it. And God bless him for doing it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. I want to think, I want to go out to y'all. How do you feel about this, like, about Robert Smith doing this? Um, I feel like, the, I, I, I mean, like, I, I hate to be this consistent I feel like the government should be doing this shit. Yeah, that's you know what I mean. Like yo, student loan debt. Okay, let's just put it. Let's just put a, a, a um, let's just take a step back. Student loan debt is the most collectible debt that you can have. Yes, which means that you can go bankrupt, and there will still be and student there. loan debt will still be there because the collateral for the student loan debt is you. Yeah, that's it. You know what I mean? So, so it's it. Your helm, your hamstrung. As soon as you graduate college and when you're trying to start a new life, you're hamstrung immediately by a debt that it seems like it's like you're owning a home. You know what I mean? Before you're able to buy a home, it's like you're owning a home. So he cleaned these brothers slates so that they're able to do big things. They're able to go get things like like small business loans. You know what I mean? Which have which have been historically hard for a lot of us to get. You know, if you're if you're poor middle class. It's it's just not as available to you because of the fact that you do have large debts like student loan debts that's hanging over your head. Yes. So, I mean, I salute him for that, and I salute him for getting his rocks off. So, first off, he took over for the government, and 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 he did the right thing. And you know what I mean? Like he he used to work at Bell Laboratories, and um, and then he and then he he got these patents off and stuff like that. But I also think like he's. He just does whatever the hell pops in his head ever since he became a billionaire. Like, he married the little Playboy bunny. <laughs> chick, you know what I mean? Yeah. You seen her? Yes. Her measurements are uh, 34, um, uh, something like 23 or 33 or some shit like that. It was crazy. I was like, yo, I was like, all right, slime. I know what you're doing. You know what I mean? Like, so he's he just getting his rocks off. But, you know what I mean? It, 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 it was important what he did. You know what I mean? I just think the government should be doing it. I don't uh, think it should. I don't think student loans should exist in the way that they are. They were rising. We, we complained about the, the insurance rates, but they were rising at the same rates and, and in some cases more during the same period of time. Insurance rates and student loan rate and, and, and the cost of student loans were rising at the same. It was like 91 percent health insurance and student loans. They were bankrupting families. So yeah. it was, it's important. Yeah, you took it there early. I thought we was about to, like, My crazy. But I, I feel you. That's the energy. Yeah. <laughs> See, what do you think about this man that's worth, like, $4 or $5 billion? Robert Smith, fucking CEO of uh, Vista Equity Partners. How do you feel? In fact, no, Anthony, how do you feel about this? Brother to brother, how do you feel about this, what this brother did? It's amazing. It, look, man. 
I, I pay my student loans every month and seeing the, the debt I'll be sad with for a very long time. Just to have someone who, who wasn't really even thinking about something like that. He, he's thinking about it from a broader perspective. Like, I understand I understand what student loan debt is. I know what it does to yeah. people, what communities, how it takes for you to get from out, get from up under that. Well, you know, it, it takes so much away from you. So what I'm going to do is I'm not giving you a free pass. I'm just giving you a way to kind of get ahead of the game. And, I mean, it, it's kind of it's similar to the conversation. It's a weird transition, but uh, the conversation we had not too long ago about you know, the, the rich parents trying to get their kids into these elite colleges, so on and so forth, and getting scholarships, so on and so right. forth. Yeah. Because cause they, cause they, cause you don't want to saddle them with debt. You want to set, even though they could have just paid for it, you want to hold a hammer over your head. I mean, what I said, the average Morehouse graduate has about $70,000 in debt once they leave college, and they have that all wiped away, mm-hmm. and walk away free, and my salary, no matter what it is, I can jump in right away, and I don't have to worry about paying anything back towards the government. And I can, you know, I can start building my career or I can and I can take a little bit of time off. I can maybe see the world or, uh, you know, maybe do a nonprofit or stuff like this, because I'm not worried about being in this massive debt's going to carry on me for decades. And for, for him to grant him that, that kind of gift, that is truly black excellence. That's what we expect from those that have the ability to help us. If they can just reach back and provide that, even if he, if he would have said, I'm just going to pay off half, that yeah. would have been worth it. I mean, just the idea said, yeah. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say, this is my class. This is my graduating class, 2019. So what we're going to do is we're going to wipe it all away. That yeah. shit is amazing, man. God bless that, man. And that's crazy. Like, I'm going to speak my piece on it. I heard that one of the brothers had like upwards of $90,000 worth of debt. And they had talked to him on like the news and he was like overjoyed. And some of the, and it's funny because I think some of the other, some of the brothers that were there, I know immediately a lot of them felt it, but some of them, they're not going to realize how big a gift that is yeah. until like four or five years from now. They got their friends complaining about having to pay this $80,000 debt and the government will let you, they'll say, oh, you owe us this money? Like, like Brian said, the fucking collateral is you. They're like, oh, you owe us this money? Okay, we'll put you on like a little graduated scale. So they, yeah. so they get you in there where you're paying a little bit of money. Where most little deferments yeah, and all little, that. How you little deferments and shit. And you pay like a little money, and you probably paying the interest more so than the principal, or, yeah. or, or it's cra- crazy lifestyle. And they'll let you do that because they have no problem with you owing them that money and them taking that money from you into your forties and your fucking fifties and shit. You know what I'm saying? And right. it, it's just wild. So like, I, I feel like you know, God bless him for doing that. And I say, God bless all those brothers that graduated. And if they haven't realized it yet, when they realize it, I hope they had the biggest smiles on their faces. And they really take advantage of this. You know what I'm saying? They really yeah. take advantage of it. And it's funny, like Brian said, like this is what the government should. This is what the government should be doing. And that's damn right. And I've read some. I've seen some articles that said this man has showed them what the government should be doing. But I also wow. saw an article from Forbes that was talking about Michael Jordan and Oprah. And they were talking about different like sports figures saying, this man showed you what y'all should be doing. And I took a little offense to that shit. I took took a lot of offense to it because it's like, this brother has worth fucking four, five billion dollars. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, Yeah. You talking about folks that Michael Jordan is a billionaire. He's one of like maybe three billion black African American billionaires. It's fucking Robert Smith is Oprah and is like Michael Jordan. Okay, you say this about Michael Jordan. 
it isn't his fucking responsibility to do this, but okay, him. But then I saw yeah. names like LeBron James and these other folks, and it's like who created a school, you know? Yeah, like, who are like literally doing like all this other shit. Yeah. And you're like, how about you take some of that big money you're making playing fucking sports to fucking up with the community? And it's like, yo, that's not their fucking job. This man showed the government what they need to be doing because all that fucking like they got these student loan like debt relief shit or whatever. And from what I heard, it is hard as hell to get the government to fucking forgive your loans. You know what I'm saying? They have these different yeah. programs and shit. Was like, oh, you know, if you qualify for something, we can help you do this or if you do this. No, it's a whole all bunch right. of bullshit. And I say, God bless this man for going out doing that shit because it sheds a light on what the fucking government should be doing. And people should yeah. stop holding fucking folks that have far less than him saying you should be accountable for the shit too. No, the yeah. fucking student loan shit is fucking broken. It's crazy how much it costs to get a fucking decent education, uh, higher education and shit in this fucking country. And, you know, shit. But at you know, the end of the day, yo, God bless. And it's a beautiful thing. And fucking federal government take fucking notice. You know what I'm saying? Word upon. But yeah, I think we about to take a little pause real quick and then get back to some more topics, some lighter shit. You know what I'm saying? And uh, just that's that's we we, we going to get back to it in a second. <laughs> All right. All right. Again, we want to send like some love out to that graduating class in Morehouse and Robert Smith for really making their lives a lot easier and stuff like that. And say God bless. Hopefully they take heed of this and it's like a great beginning for their lives. Now speaking about beginnings. Everything starts at the beginning and it comes with an end. Now, the biggest show on television has officially ended. This is Game of Thrones. It was the big season finale. I mean, series finale. And everybody's been talking about it. Now, I'm here with Brian, mm. with Aunt and Sia. And I'm going to have to, like, fall back because I have never watched an episode of this show. So, I don't know which one of y'all want to go first, Sia. You you want how how you feel about this how you feel about this finale against this whole final trash. season trash straight <laughs> trash. I can't believe they built us all the way up like that to tear mm-hmm. us down the way they did what was that what yeah. was that seriously that was the wackest series finale to a great show ever at Brand Brandon really. The whole series, the whole season, kind of was wild, to be honest. But let me let me just throw something out there for you for, for y'all for perspective, just real quick, all right? Because because like not this episode, but not this last episode, but the episode before that. Um, after that, I was mad. You know what I mean? So I was like, "Yo, the fuck this episode, blase, blase, blah." Right? And then I bumped into this article, and it broke it down, and it said, "Yo," it said, "Daenerys is showing you what." It's like to be uh, in a monarchy, yo. And they, they even doubled down on it in, in this shit. But like, it was like, yo, she she was waiting for the shit, and she was like, nah, fuck that. The, none of my friends is around me. Everybody's backstabbing me. The only way I can rule right now is with fear. She needed to burn her enemies and show them fear. That's how monarchs think. You know what I mean? And like, that's that's the lifestyle that they were living. And so when you fast forward into this shit, and they're like, yo. Who should rule? And the dude was like, yo, well, everybody's being ruled, so why doesn't everybody vote? And then the people in the room just laughed and was like, ha, 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 no, that'll never happen. That's stupid. You know what I mean? Like, you really see what the fuck is going on here. Like, this shit was, 
this shit was like us us uh, inside take on the last couple of episodes really was an inside take on like a monarchy and it shit didn't look pretty. It just looked kind con- and it was kind of dull, you know what I mean? Because it was no really action or anything else to, to um to keep us entertained and all the characters we knew, they seemed like they switched up, but they really went right with, right where they fucked they were supposed to be because they was all like kings, king queens and lords and shit. No, trash. I don't care what you say. <laughs> trash. Okay, first of all, Grey Worm and John was supposed to fight. Period. They should have. Why didn't they fight? Yeah. Okay, and how the hell does John end up back at the wall? What wall? What wall? The wall's gone now. Yeah, he was out. Like, I don't know. That, that was a stupid... Uh, that was a, that was the dumbest part. Like, I didn't understand that shit. And he was right out. As soon as, as, soon as they uh, brought him there, the niggas just looked around and then they was like, alright, we out. <laughs> The the best part of that episode was the dragon, Dragon, yeah. burning down the um, Iron Throne. Because yeah. he's looking at his mother like, bitch, I done lost my siblings. Yeah. You, all behind this, this gotta go too. That was the dopest part. But yeah. other than that, I didn't even think John was gonna kill her. I didn't think that was ever gonna happen. I thought Arya was gonna do it. A lot of people predicted John, though. John's weak! Yeah, but you know what I mean. A lot of people, I didn't, but they didn't make it seem like John was gonna do it, even in the episode. You know what I mean? Like the episode, he he was acting like Tyrion was nuts for saying it, and Tyrion was willing to die for that. You know what I mean? Like it made it, but then John, John, like I don't think John knew he was gonna do it. You think about it. He didn't even look like he knew he was gonna do that shit. You know who knew he was gonna do it? Brand, because Brand knew everything. He knew all the wrong was gonna happen. Oh, yeah, he definitely did. Nigga didn't want to be the king, but he was like, well, why do you think I traveled this far? <laughs> they kept you know all this, Like, oh, it made no sense. It was like, yo, I don't want to be the king. But then he was like, but then they asked him and say, well, do you want, are you going to be the king? He was like, well, that's why I traveled this far. Like, he knew everything. <laughs> it was very disappointing. I mean, we only got, what, what was that, six episodes? Yep. For six episodes, really? That's how you want to end this series? Like, that's where you at? Where you at with it, Ant? It was going to be disappointing. I'm sorry to break everybody's heart, but it was too high of a mouth for them to live up to properly. I think it's going to all going to work out the way it's going to be. And we, we, I think it's because of the fact you invested eight years into the show, and you're expecting that it's going to be the way that you think that it's going to be. But you got to trust them to, you know, do it the right way. And they nah, failed at that. Yeah. They failed there. Right. They failed there. And, and that was the biggest flaw. Like I said, if Brandon's supposed to be king. Nothing led up until that point to show that he was ready or he did anything that's worthwhile. Tyrion has that big ass speech talking about you know who has the best story. Bran has a story. John has the better story. John died and came back to life. Yeah, to, but Bran and, has and, 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 Yeah, I'm about to say Bran knows everything though. So, yeah, I, I don't give a, I don't give a fuck that nigga's a librarian. I don't give a fuck he know everything. Yo, Maybe you know, that, you know what? That don't mean he can leave. You know what the worst part of the shit was to me, man? I don't think I don't think it might just be bothering me or whatever. But you know, like when Grey Worm was standing in front of in front of the council like that, and they was like, "All right, we got this land over there. Why don't y'all just move over there?" It was like sending the brothers to the projects and shit. I ain't like that shit. Yo. I, I, yo, I really felt mad offended when he, when they said that shit. I was like, "Yo, why the lords just sit there looking at this brother and be like, yo, we got this land. Why you don't just go over there and then we can have peace.'" Like, nah, nigga, like, what the fuck is you talking about? I got a whole army. You know what I mean? We way stronger than you. Like, I understood where Grey Worm is coming from, man. It was mad disrespectful. I don't know where he said he was going, but, yo, he should, he, he got to go to war with all them people at some point. Yeah. yeah he should have. 
should have happened because he killed Khaleesi. He should have yeah. gave it. That would have been a good, at least one fight scene. At least one. He need to chop off a couple of heads, B. Just one final one. But let me ask y'all this. Huh. Who did you predict to be on the throne at the end? John. You had John? Mm-hmm. No, I, Who'd you have? I, I had Sansa. I had Sansa, too. Yeah. Because she was she was brought up by Littlefinger. You but know look, what I'm saying? But look, Sansa was gonna be a was gonna be a queen. She was like, she was like, nah, I ain't gonna say I. I'm just gonna be queen over here. You feel me? Like she she held herself down. Like she's queen anyway. But yeah, I had Sansa. Yeah. Yeah, I, I had she was groomed for that. Yeah. I, I mean the only reason I didn't have Sansa because the whole thing about her being a Stark is that and that's the reason why Rob died, because they wanted the independent north. That's all she wanted. She wanted to be she wanted to be the ruler of the North. She wanted them to be independent of everybody else. That's all she wanted. I don't think she ever wanted the throne, just that. Yeah, she held it down, though. Yeah, so now, I mean, it seems like this was, like, real disappointing to, like, hardcore fans of this show. And mm-hmm. the, que- the question I have, right, with it ending the way it did, does it in any way tarnish how great the show nah. has been for seasons? No. Nah. No. Nah. So, nah. so even though it didn't come to the conclusion, you would still suggest that someone has never seen it go back and take the whole journey. You got to, and I'll even I'll even put it to you like this: Say if you're a binge watcher, mm-hmm. and then you watch it all the way through and and watch the ending, it won't bother you as much as the fan who has been watching for years and you know what I mean every week turns on the episode. Okay, it'll just be like, okay, this is how the whole thing ended. Yeah. And, uh, and okay, what one one more question before we get off this? As a show in total, how high does it rate for you? Is it like your favorite show, top five, top ten? How how was? I'm not saying to run down your list of shows. We did that yeah, before, yeah, yeah. but yeah, well, yeah, how does yeah. it fit into it? Is it top five, top ten, top twenty, whatever? Top ten for me. Yeah, definitely, top it's 10. up there. Okay. Yeah, it's probably it's probably top ten, but more like you know what I mean, like the best of right now. You know what yeah. I mean? Like that's that's more how I look at it. The best of right now. Okay. Some of the best television that has been put out in the past how many years, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And, and I mean, it's it's extremely difficult to judge. You can't make a, a a judgment and a clear assessment off of one ending. I mean, you got to take the whole thing in totality. And mm-hmm. like yeah, said, that shit is still pop culture. It's, it's, it's eight years you've been watching it all. Decade, so it's got to matter for something. Yeah. Well, I say God bless. You know what I'm saying? I don't know nothing about it. Whoever got the kingdom and the dragons and the, the shit, like, yo, God bless them, yo. They probably deserved it, yo. But uh, now we. Yeah, dragon. Here. Dragon gone, dog. I don't, I don't know where Drogon went. He's like, you know what? I'm out. <laughs> he just grabbed his mom's and, and just got up out of there, man. I understood. And it's, oh, I was about to get off this, but something I did read, it said that. I saw an article that had about like uh, ten or fifteen like unanswered questions. Did you feel like there were like not enough conclusions for this? Yeah, there definitely weren't. But that's why they they're trying to do um spinoffs and shit. You could tell. Oh, okay. Yeah. But it's gonna be prequels. Yeah, no, they're supposed to be prequels. But when you see John going into the woods and you see Grey Worm in the ships, and then you see Arya, you know, be trying to go to the west where nobody ever gone. West before, of Westeros. You could, yeah, you could tell those. They, yeah, they're gonna have prequels, but they also try and do something else, man. Even if they do later on, and it's not these characters, but they're creating like new kingdoms in different areas. So, well, so they better not have the same writers. I know that. 
so so one more question before we get off this. Would you be here for the prequels or the the spin-offs or a possible series of movies? However this works. Oh yeah, I'm watching all that shit. Yeah, I'll 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 give it a go, but if it's the same yeah. people and they leaving water bottles and Starbucks cups on the set, I'll <laughs> Yeah, I think it's probably like senior year high school, senior year college. Motherfuckers, they, they just stop giving a fuck. They like me out. So, you know, it's whatever. <laughs> but, uh, yo, shout out to all y'all Game of Thrones fans and shit. God bless, you know. It is what it is. But I think now we're getting to the point where we should just get into, like, where we like to wrap it up, where we go into our sports bag, right? Now, sure. the NBA playoffs is some big stuff and all everything's in there. But before we hit that, in honor of the biggest NFL fan out of us who ain't here, Alex, he wanted us <laughs> to talk a little bit about this NFL free agency and all of this shit. And I think Ant is going to lead us off into that and speak his piece. So where you at with this, Ant? What do you think about this uh, NFL offseason so far, the signings and whatnot? Uh, when we won't we'll get to that, we'll try to get into the two biggest stories that happen in the news. One is that Dominican Sue signed with Tampa Bay. The reason why he signed with Tampa Bay is because they released their probably their best defender in Gerald McCoy, who's been there since he drafted, since they drafted him, which is a weird coincidence because him and Sue were in the same exact draft. Sue was drafted before he was. Now Sue literally replaces Gerald McCoy. It's a big story because it, it kind of goes back to the whole thing about NFL treating guys like commodities and like if they don't feel like paying you and the way the contract is structured, you're just not going to get the money. He had three years left. He had no more guaranteed money. He was to be owed $13 million a season. Therefore, they did not pay him. They let him go. They signed in Domkin Sue for something cheaper. Sucks, sucks to be Gerald McCoy, but he's going to find a nice landing place, maybe someplace like Indianapolis. It's a very good pickup for them again in Domkin Sue. But if we're going to talk about acclaim, we're going to talk about money. We're going to talk about the importance of teams. We're going to talk about Ben Roethlisberger and what he did today by going to his radio show and basically saying that things might have went a little bit too far with Antonio Brown. I, I probably shouldn't have said the things that I said. I call bullshit on Ben because he's had a history of going on his, his, his little weekly radio show and calling out players on the radio but not in practice and then, you know, apologize and then cop and please and all this other shit, which he always generally does. Uh, I know a lot of people that are Pittsburgh Phyllis, uh, Steelers fans. I'm glad they are. It's a great franchise, so on and so forth. But you guys stuck with Ben over Antonio. You guys get exactly what you deserve. I hope you suck. I hope Ben breaks a leg. I hope he goes to prison. Yeah, cool. And yo, right, I, 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 the the three Bs they had uh was it Le'Veon Bell who's one of the most explosive like running backs of his generation they had uh, most versatile and they had uh, Antonio Brown who was arguably the best wide receiver in the uh, NFL and they had Big Ben Roethlisberger big white boy that has two championships and some rape cases or whatever that he got to push under the rug and Shout out to Le'Veon Bell for sitting out that last season and going off and getting his money where he went and got his money. And shout out to Antonio Brown for forcing the trade to Alex's team, which ain't going to be shit. I don't think <laughs> neither Raiders, right? Ain't going to be shit. He's going to be mad when he hear this shit. Yeah, and you, and you got Ben. He's going to be there. And uh, I think the kid, uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, whatever, I like the kid, good um, wide receiver. He's going to have to be the man. So I think shout out to the death of what never – Got fucking championships. Those they had the best that is great running back, 
fucking great wide receiver, uh, Super Bowl winning quarterback, and they got no ring. So fuck the Steelers and fuck the NFL for treating these brothers like commodities and giving them these big contract numbers with fucking minuscule guaranteed money. You know what I'm saying? That's why I'm a fucking NBA fan for real. You know what I'm saying? Where, mm. where the brothers, when they put that money down, at least for the big dogs, all that shit be guaranteed. You know what I'm saying? And um, speaking of the NBA, before we get into like the playoffs and all that, we finally got some words from Magic Johnson yesterday about why <laughs> he actually left the Lakers. Now, for folks that don't know Magic Johnson, Lakers great. For the last two years, he was the president of basketball operations, which meant he was pretty much making the moves, signings, and trades, and things like that. And out of nowhere, fucking he unceremoniously said, I'm leaving this job. You know, fuck it, God bless. And we really didn't get exactly why. So he sat down with Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, and uh, Molly Kerm, Karam, whatever, on uh, first take, and he spoke his piece. Now, I want to go to you, Brian. What did you think of what Magic said about why he left? Um, Magic Johnson is basketball royalty. So he's the guy that that um, literally saved the NBA, him and Larry Bird. Everybody knows this. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's he's part of the, the most storied or one of the two most storied franchises in NBA history. And so when he says something, besides the fact that he's a, he's a billionaire and, and um, you know, he's a huge businessman, when he says something, you've got to take heed to it, yo. And so he, he, he basically called Kobe Bryant's old agent, uh, what's his name? Uh, whatever Kobe Bryant's old Palenka. agent is. Palenka. Rob Palenka. Oh. Yeah, he basically called Rob Palenka a snake and a liar. You know what I mean? And listen, Magic is not just going to come out and say that. You know, like mm-hmm. I, he has 40 years of a track record. So, you know, Magic, he, he's known for euphemisms and all the rest of that. But for Magic to come on TV and speak and Stephen A said he it wasn't it, it wasn't a planned date. He had been set up to come there for the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. OK, so so for when Magic comes on TV and says something like that, you got to take heed and listen. He has Magic is. Magic is, is basketball royalty enough to know that he has no reason to lie to anybody. Yeah. Whatever the heck he would have said would have floated. Yeah, and basically what Magic came out and said everywhere in the show was that when I kept signed up for this job, I told the team owner, Jeannie Buss, that, you know, I'm not going to be here every day doing every little thing. I'm going to come here, have an overall view of it. I'm going to delegate some things, and I'm going to make sure that the vision is clear. But I'm not going to be every day here because I have multiple businesses because I'm a thorough-ass motherfucker. And Jeannie was cool with it. And everybody in that organization knew that Magic was there to be the face and to have an overall view of things. And the whole thing with um, Rob Palenka, he said that Rob Palenka was, even though he knew the deal, you know what I'm saying? He would have his little snide remarks like, hey, where's Magic? Oh, Magic's not here. Knowing full well that Magic was there for the important shit he was supposed to be there for. You know what I'm saying? Now, maybe it was Jeannie Buss's fault for not bringing in someone to be full-time on such an important position. But Magic didn't know Rob Palenka. That's the, it was Jeannie Buss's fault because she hired Rob Palenka and, and Magic didn't know him. So, so Rob Palenka was put on to Magic. You know what uh-huh. I mean? Magic wasn't allowed to make that hire. And then Magic was supposed to have ultimate control and he wanted to fire his coach 
and he wasn't allowed to make the fire end that he was supposed to make. So Magic, yo, like, listen, man. Matt, all, all the only thing this really shows us is that all the turmoil and and uh, disunity that that we all thought was going on in the Lakers was has been true. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But nobody really tried to focus on it because it's the Lakers. You know what I mean? Like it's let it have been the Knicks. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it, it's because it's the Lakers, so they let that float. That's all. And I want to ask this question to Anthony. Um, besides, like Magic leaving, there's been a couple other little shakeups and things in there, and uh, the uh, they hired a coach. I mean, might have might have spoken. Mm-hmm. They hired a coach Frank Vogel, who yeah, uh, no, he cool. wasn't really yeah. like an all star coach or anything like that. He's he's a good coach, but not a great coach. And Okay. They brought him in, and they saddled him with uh, Jason Kidd, who people think is going to take his job in a year or two. And mm-hmm. I want to know, how do you feel about this? Like, do you think this is more the same? Like, they saddled Magic with Rob Palenka, and they have kind of saddled Frank Vogel with uh, Jason Kidd, who's going to be breathing down his neck. How, how do you feel about this? Is it just... What's your thoughts on it? I don't think he's going to be breathing on his neck, though. That's the whole thing. I think that Frank Hogue was, Hogue was probably the best hire that he could probably make. Um, it, it, goes, it goes a couple of ways. Frank Vogel, more than anything else, was a really good defensive coach in, in, in Indiana, right? You get Jason Kidd, and hopefully he hands the offensive part. Jason Kidd can't really kind of jump up there and upsurp him or, like, jump into the bag and, like, okay, I'm just going to play, like, little finger and yeah. do my part and get this guy fired. He can't. If, if he does that, then – if he does that and then he gets a job and he fails, he's never going to get another job again because they're going to look at him like he's a snake in the grass. No one's going to trust the guy. Yeah. They can't really do it. But I do think that it was a good hire more than anything else, Frank Vogel, from what else is really out there. He took the job. It kind of coincides with LeBron leaving. I mean, Jason Kidd, is a, he is a good coach. But, I mean, I would expect him, Jason Kidd, maybe take another job over the summer. But this is good enough for him. I don't think he's trying to observe him. I don't think the Lakers really know what the fuck they're doing. It's too many cooks in the kitchen, too many people speaking in Genie's ear to try to figure out, you know, what's best for the Lakers organization. But the Frank Vogel hire was not a bad hire at all. Yeah. Okay. But, I mean, a lot of people are liking in this hire, too, when um, – I forget that Cavs coach – but when the Cavs brought in this uh, coach, he was a foreigner or something like that. Yeah, whatever, yeah, whatever his yeah, name. Know, and, the Russian guy. Yeah, and they kind of saddled him with, like, Ty Lue. And it was kind of like, uh, from what I believe, the owner wanted that coach, the foreigner coach, or the white dude or whatever. And mm. the G, the oh, GM what? wanted fucking Ty Lue. And yeah. at the first chance that they got, to, to get him out of there. It wasn't even like that necessary in terms of record and all that, but a yeah. couple games, I was like, you know what? No, nah, no, nah, this isn't working out. We got to go here. And a lot of folks are kind of like taking their little bets on when they think that's going to happen to Vogel. Is it going to be before the first year's over, second year? And a lot of folks ain't giving it much past that second year of his three year contract before Jason Kidd slides in there. But you know what? That shit is what it is. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The Lakers get way too much press to be the franchise that they are at this moment. You know what I'm saying? And I think we should talk about some teams that are still playing. And the first one I want to go to is the Golden State Warriors and how y'all feel about how they swept the Portland Trailblazers. They play free and easy, man. 
You know what I mean? Listen, listen. First off, all right, everybody sleep. Draymond Green is a beast. I love the kid in college. You know what I mean? And when he was coming out, I said, yo, in that draft, I said, yo, he's the easiest person to draft. You know what I mean? Because he was going to be good on everything. I didn't predict him being an all-star or superstar or anything like that. But I did say out of that draft, I said, he's the easiest person to draft. You know what I mean? Just because he'll be able to make a team. You know what I mean? Like, you could just tell it was, it, it was just he'll make a team and he'll make your team better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But now, like, he, he took over that series, man. Last game, the last few games, Draymond Green is the reason that they've been winning. Draymond, obviously, well, okay, you know, Steph, is is who he is, you know what I mean? But Trey, and Trey, if you watch, yeah, Trey's the glue, yeah. like he's so- yeah, he's the glue. You know what I mean? Like like if you watch Steph, he doesn't stop moving and he does all the things. And then whenever it's pressure, like they either Steph or Draymond make an amazing play whenever the pressure is on, whenever the the time is close or it's tight. The person who makes the mistakes all the time is always Clay Thompson. Like he's the screw up. Mm-hmm. Steph and Clay, they they be fixing any issues, so any problems that anybody has. They fix it for them. They'd be like, "Oh, y'all screwing up." All right, it's either Steph or Draymond, and you could see if when when Steph needs to rest a little bit, he feel like he's getting beaten up a little bit. He let they'd let Draymond start um taking the rock up and all the rest of that, and that's all you're seeing right now. And you know, the, the idea that they don't need um Kevin Durant is wrong. I you know I disagree with that. I think if 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 the Toronto or the Bucks get there and there's no KD, I don't know if. If they, I don't know if the Golden State Warriors win. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, but it's they them showing us how to the way that they play this beautiful game of basketball, like and and how good they really are. Like that, it's worth it, man, to just watch that shit. It's fun. You know what I mean? It's it's less fun when they have KD. Yeah, I'll put it to you like that. It's less fun when they have KD because he is the best player in the league right now. Right. You know, he's been proving it for the past couple of years. And yeah. it's when you have that, like, that beautiful chemistry between, like, Trayvon and um, the Splash Brothers, Steph and Clay, who are all right. probably going into the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? I'm not sure about Dre. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he probably get it because of all the rings he's going to have and being yeah, a defensive yeah. player of the year and all that stuff. Right. And it's like, remove KD and you get Draymond as he was when he, when they were breaking records. You know what I'm saying? Right. And you got Steph having to be Steph. You know what I'm saying? You like, and you got Clay having to step up his touch, step up because he getting more touches. So, I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I love it. You know, my boy, my boy is a big Trailblazers fan. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, shout out to him, but these boys keep getting swept. You know what I'm saying? They get sw- <laughs> they got they got around further yeah, than they did before. They keep getting swept. They get a little a little further in this that whatever. And I think we were talking about it today how they we might were. have to like move CJ out of there and stuff like that. I want I want to uh, ask ask Anthony how you feel about the Trailblazers. What you think they should be doing in this off season? Listen, man, you can't you can't have two little guards in the NBA, man. It's just shit. The shit ain't really worth it. Yeah. Shit ain't working for them. You know what I mean? This whole uh, this whole thing where 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 um where they play together in the same backcourt, man, it's not working because it makes um it makes old boy. I can't even think of his name now, man. Dag, I feel Hello, I feel bad. Name for him. Lillard. Now, yeah, Dean. 
It makes Dame look like a little guard. You know what I mean? Dame is not a little guard. Dame is a big guard, but he, he has to play like a little guard because he has a little guard next to him. And so you need somebody like 6'7", a shooting guard like that 6'7", and moves around, handles, so then Dame could look and play the game that he wants because Dame Lillard legit has been amazing this series, minus one game, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? Like, C.J. McCollum wasn't bad. He's been good this series, but it doesn't matter because they just some little dudes, and whenever, it, and whenever points need to be made, Steph's going to make his points, and then Clay could just come down and shoot over somebody. Yeah, so, I mean, it basically come down to, yeah, size still matters in, like, the NBA. Well, really, and speaking of size matter in the NBA, I have been sleeping. I remember me and Alex, shout out to Alex, we were big on the Bucks, like, Maybe like four years ago or some shit like that. We swore the Bucks was gonna be something, but we were like motherfuckers that sold that bought some Apple stock and sold that shit before they released the iPhone. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. a few years later that shit blew up and shout out to Jason Kidd for doing what he did <coughs> and developing like Giannis and like part of that team or whatever. But as soon as he left and they got um Boonhoser in there and Fucking Giannis says like hey, uh, short, and they have hey, uh, a rock. I want credit a little bit for this shit, yo. Because when y'all was saying the Bucks is the shit and all the rest of this, I was, I was like, nah. I was about to give you like, your flowers, bro. Right. I was looking to get okay. there. But then it's like when Boonhole's getting there and the shit started to like really come together, me and Alex was off the nigga. I think we was on Orlando or some shit like that, which hadn't paid yeah, off. Yeah, y'all were. We y'all were, definitely we, were. We left, and hopefully Orlando probably proved us wrong, and we be some niggas that sold out on them too early, but you said for at least the past couple seasons that the Bucks was about to be something, that they was about to be real, and I've still been sleeping on them, but they got but size. But this season, they, they yeah. got They got players with size that are role players that are playing they fucking parts to a T, and Giannis is just like is a beautiful centerpiece that makes the whole shit work. Tell me why the Bucks are so damn good, right? Um, listen, the Greek became who he has become. You know what I mean? Like, and that that that's the biggest part. I mean, I I don't want to, you know, like it's it's easy to just say a whole bunch of little basketball shit, but the Greek just got better. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way to stop what he does, and he realized that he could do it every game. When you add that to Chris Middleton who figured out how to make shots regularly. You know what I mean? Like a shooter mm-hmm. is still the most dangerous weapon in the NBA, especially this NBA now that, that bigs have kind of been phased out, like like a, a post-up big has kind of been phased out. A shooter is the most dangerous weapon in the NBA. So they got a shooter and they got this guy that could do whatever the fuck he wants and they give him the ball in his hands. And then Brooke Lopez... Like, they got him for, like, $2 million. Like, again, we talked about Magic. Mm-hmm. That was a stupid move by Magic letting him go. And, and shout, to, shout out to Magic for owning it. Yeah, he owned it. But, like, Brooke Lopez now can make every freaking shot as well. And so you got the Greek with all these shooters on the squad. And now there's Meritage there. And they they bumped into the, the um, rookie of the year with Brogdon. You know what I mean? They got the – um that – that uh, older point guard dude, I can't even think of his name, man. I'm I'm, I'm losing names, blank names Hill? or whatever. Yeah, George Hill. You know what I mean? Who who's from um from the Spurs ilk? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they know how to play basketball, and they got a whole bunch of shooters around them, and it's just I mean, it's just a good team. If they were anywhere else, yo, like their swag would be different and their cachet would be higher. 
and the thing is, I got I got to say, like when when Malcolm Brogdon won the uh, Rookie of the Year, I felt it was like a real like weak rookie class because I don't even remember the folks that was really around her. And I saw like oh, he won the shit by default. He probably ain't even all that dope. But yeah. actually watching him like play and shit, it's like okay, he is yeah as advertised, and he 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 he, he will be something. You yeah. know, he will be something for, like, years to come with them. But speaking of, like, George Hill, right, it makes me mm. think about him coming from, like, the Spurs and being all that. I think about the person that he got traded for, the rights to get the pick for Kawhi Leonard. Now, <laughs> I'm looking at this game right now. It's in the fourth quarter. Yeah. It's still pretty early in the fourth quarter, about nine minutes left. And it yeah. looks like Kawhi leading this Raptors team could possibly even up this series. Now, I picked the Raptors – to beat the Bucks, I picked the Raptors to go to the championship, and right. if they can hold on and tie this up, then they have some real life. Now, yeah. yo, Anthony, you with us? Yes, I am. I want to know how do you feel about the Raptors' chances with Kawhi leading them to beat Giannis and this like really great, tall and talented Bucks team? I, I'm still gonna roll with the Bucks. I mean, I like I like Toronto, but. I think in the series, I mean, Greek and Kawhi basically can't shut the route. I mean, it's the other guys. It's the Brogdons, the Middletons, the Lopezes. Those guys are the ones doing the job, and the guys on the Raptors aren't. The reason they won yesterday is that Kawhi did what he didn't need to do, but they also have, you know, Siakam finally step up. You're going to need that. But I just think that Milwaukee's just, just deeper. And, I mean, it's a great matchup between those two guys. But in the end, like I said, those two are going to X each other out. You got to see how the other – X factors in, in the game are going to really get the job done. And like I said, you, you got Brogdon back. That was a big help. You got Hill coming out of nowhere getting the job done because Bledsoe's not getting the job done right now. Uh, you, you, you still got Brooke Lopez down there knocking down threes. And on the Toronto side, you're just not getting much. I mean, so in the end, even if they do even it up, in the end, I'm still picking Milwaukee because I think their role plays are just better. Okay. I don't know. Siakam been hurt, y'all. Yeah. So Siakam coming back into his form a little bit, you got to understand that. The thing – the reason, like, I, right, you could make an argument that Toronto should be a better team, except for when you get into the playoffs, you have Kyle Lowry, who literally sucks, and you can't tell well, if he knows how to play basketball from game to let game. Let me hit this right quick, though. That's not the, right. The, 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 the Raptors are up by 20 right now, and I'm going to lead, read you the list of people that are already in double figures. Kyle Lowry leading the way with 20 points on four and nine shooting, right? And then that, That's why they win it. And after that, you got um, – this dude, I think his name is Norman Powell. Like mm-hmm. they, they gave him the He's green good. light to just shoot, and he got eighteen. Then you got He's Kawhi good. with his sixteen, and then you have Gasol getting thirteen. You got Ibaka with thirteen, and you got Fred Van Vliet, who people were singing his praises last year. He decided to show up, and he got thirteen or five or six shooting. So, if the Raptors really have a chance, like we said, like Siakam got like seven. He's like that's how they play. In, so they really going to need. Gasol will do his piece. They're going to need Lowry to be the best version of himself. They're going to need dudes like Powell or Ibaka to have these big games where they're, like, the contributing to it. Yeah, they're going to need the others to show up like the others have been showing up. This is how they play, man. Mm-hmm. The, the difference in this game is Kyle Lowry. I'm going to be real with you. Like, Kyle Lowry sometimes in the playoffs, most games, looks like he does not know how to play basketball. This game, he's okay. Yeah. You don't know what's going to happen the next game. And that's, that's the difference. That's the difference in the game. That's the difference in the series. And that's show. pretty much. I remember Kyle Lowry. I think during like the playoffs, he actually had a game where he had zero points. 
This game he has yeah. 20 points so far, and they are up by 20. So, yeah, Kyle Lowry, you got to step that shit up. But, I mean, before we, like, close out, I want to see what are your predictions at, at this particular point for who is going to be in the championship and who do you think is going to win the shit, the finals? Oh, man. That's so fucking hard. Milwaukee in six, Warriors in five. Hmm. All right. So if Milwaukee get there, they're going to win in six. And if the Raptors sneak by? No, no, no. He's saying, he's saying Milwaukee's going to win this series in six. six. Oh, and, then, oh my bad. Okay. and they're going to face the Warriors, and the Warriors are winning five. You know, I kind of feel that. Is that with or without KD, or does it even matter to you? Doesn't matter. Word. That shit matters to me. You know, um, where you at with it? I think I, I, uh, first off, this series is freaking hard for me. This Bucks versus um, Raptors series. Yeah, like I don't think this game decides anything at all. I I see that you know what I mean. Like I I'm looking at style of play, and nobody's really changed the style of play. There's not there hasn't been some kind of defensive change or lineup change that is like oh shit, like they figured it out. Like none of that shit. So this series is about to be tied, and I have no idea who's going to win. So, if the Bucks win, I think that the Warriors series probably goes six or seven games. Mm. If and the Warriors don't win, as as long as KD is there, if KD isn't there, I think the Bucks can beat the Warriors. Now, if the Raptors win this series and go there, I think the series can still go. Well, no, I think the series go five or six games. And I just think that it's going to be too much on Kawhi. You know, Kawhi's hurt. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it'll be too much on Kawhi and, and with the Warriors and how much they move and shit. It'll just be over. I, I think it, I think Kawhi will definitely give us a game. AI gave us a game. You know what yeah. I mean? So, but I think it'll be five or six games and that shit will be over. Before we close out on it, I think the Raptors going to win this shit in seven. I think Kawhi going to just be that great. And I think he's going to be dead. In the finals, and I think that they're going to either sweep them or do that gentleman sweep and lose in five, you know? Shit, but I think we went through a whole bunch of stuff this uh, podcast. I hope everybody enjoyed listening to it. Do y'all have any final things y'all want to get off your chest before we, like, close out? I don't know what the fuck that sound Anthony making is. (laughs) I think he's sipping Oh, fam, I got a corona, so, yeah. He's sipping. He's Uh, sipping. That's all It sounded crazy. It's not like what the fuck was that shit? You fucking that shit up. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. We've been uh, at this for we've been at this for a while. Alex will miss you. We'll see you next time. Yeah, uh, I man. mean, close out. If you uh enjoyed the podcast, please let us know. If you think that we should do something a little better, let us know that too. Again, hit us up on IG at Better Than You Pod. We are pretty active there. We're gonna get more active there. And yeah, thanks for listening. And and yo, Alex, yo, you better be back next time, yo. Yeah, Hold man, the shit down. Out we held the shit down, though. You know what I'm saying? Word is mine, y'all. Yeah. Word is mine. But again, thanks for listening and peace, man. Come on. Peace, y'all. Right.